You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Knuckleheads, welcome back to the show, Bad Christian Podcast, Episode 3. Our guest today is named Nate. He's from outside of Auburn, Alabama, and he does hip-hop. He's an entertaining guy, to say the least. Believe it or not, he has a southern accent that is thicker than mine or Joey or Toby's. And that's one of the things we want to do with this podcast is just bring you interesting people. And we got people from all over the world, pastors and atheists and all kind of different people that we're friends with and have met that we think you'll get a kick out of. And Nate is certainly no exception. All right. On another note, we have a lot of people subscribing to this podcast that probably did not come over as Emory fans or through Bad Christian website, but just found it on iTunes. Welcome to Bad Christian. Now, we're more than just a podcast. We do a lot of other stuff, but the newest thing we're doing that we're most excited about is we're also a record label. Now, Bad Christian has been built by people that are supporters of us and fans of what we do, and now it's our turn to give something back. So the first band that we've added to our roster is King's Kaleidoscope from Seattle, Washington, and what we're going to do is give away their new EP, Live in Color, for free. Now, that's going to be next Tuesday, March 18th. Bad Christian's first music release for free. And you can find that at kingsklive.com and badchristian.com. There's also music and videos already there that you can check out and listen to right now, just so you can see how amazing this band is. The reason we signed them is because their music is out of this world. It is crazy. It's nuts. Do yourself a favor and just go watch the video right away so you'll know what they sound like, because I'm not even going to try to explain to you how good it is or what it is. Just go check it out for yourself. Also, if you're listening to this episode just by streaming it from our website, you're not really doing it right. Please go to iTunes and subscribe. Get an app on your phone, even if it's not an iPhone, and find a way to subscribe to this so it comes to you automatically so you can listen to it while you're cutting the grass or driving to work or whatever it is that you do. And don't forget, if you like it, please leave us a review and a rating over at iTunes.com so we can stay in those charts. Thanks, guys. Here we go. Bad Christian Pod 3. Three, two, one. What's up? What's going on? Bad Christian. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's good. Very good, Joey. Joey, do you work on those every week before you come in here or what? No, it's in my blood. It comes from the heart, man. If I work on it beforehand, then it's it's just not going to be the same. It's just got to flow. How long have you been beatboxing? You did that your whole life or what? Um, yeah, back in the run DMC days when I was in middle school, my brother and I both wished that we were black. And so, uh, we did beat. What does that have to do with it? What does that have to do with it? Well, because rap is primarily run by African Americans. Ouch. It just is. I mean, I'm stating the obvious. I'm not being racist. It's wonderful way to start a podcast here. I've never, I've never been able, I've never been able to to beatbox. I've never been able to do it. I'm always super embarrassed to beatbox. I, know, I think you have would to start it, early, would like when you're been different. When you're, if I said back in the Beastie Boy days, would, yeah, that, that would have been, been Matt. A lot will, more you, will you show us what you would do if you were to be our beatbox? I would be like, sure, uh, okay, let's hear it. Three, two, uh, one, uh, hit it. <laughs> you know, like that. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm begging you guys. I want to completely take over the uh, funny story portion. We always start off kind of with a funny story, and I know this wasn't in the plan, but I I really want to tell a story. I was, um, is that okay? Yeah, go for it. Because I didn't tell you all this. Sure, before. let's do what Joey wants to do. <clears throat> so anyway, I am sitting across from my boss. Let me let me start before that. All right, I'm married, and I woke up one morning, and my wife and I. Made love. Um, that's that's all I'll say about that. Uh, but when we when I went to work, I'm sitting by my boss, and uh, you know, I, not thinking about my wife at that time, thinking about work stuff. But all of a sudden, I, I start feeling really weird down there, um, and I'm just like, "What in the world is going on?" And it started freaking me out. And I, I can't say to my boss, "Hey, you know, something's going on down there." So anyway. It, it's just blowing my mind. I'm like, what in the world's going on? So I start walking to the car and it gets worse and worse and worse. And next thing I know, I realized that I never took my condom off. And so the, feel- <laughs> the feeling was that it was slipping off. And so the bad thing is, is right when I realized what it was, it totally fell off, fell through my pant leg and onto the concrete. So all of a sudden I like run to my car, I get in, and I drive away, but then in my mind, it's like, 
there's like guilt and shame. And also <laughs> I really think there was like a hint of protection of Joey Spencer's seed. But I think that, and in addition to this is just so ghetto. <laughs> and even though I didn't mean to do that, I turned the car around and I found like some sort of a paper towel in my car. And I, it was like, seriously, uh, I had to, I felt like I was sneaking because I was like, when's my boss going to come out of the restaurant? Is he going to see me do this? Is anybody else going to see me pick up like a used condom? So I get out of the car, <laughs> grab it, get back in the car. And uh, <laughs> that is the, that you guys are the second people along with our thousands of uh, listeners to hear this story. I told my wife, but that's it. I've well, never told what I want to know is what would have been you, worse. How did you forget to take it off? I just forgot because basically I was in a hurry. So I, I just forgot. I put my clothes on and just went about my business. Well, what I want to know is what would have been worse for to see a, your pastor walk in through a parking lot and a condom fall out of his pants. <laughs> Or to see your pastor drive into a parking lot and look for and pick up a used condom from a parking lot. Yeah, what would it be like if you went to a church and you were coming, you came out of a restaurant, you see your pastor hauling ass into a parking lot, he screeches to a stop, leans over, picks up a condom, and then squeals away. You would just think, wow, that pastor is really conscious of the environment. He does not want... Things to I be I don't think you I could. I think I don't. I think if they wrote that on a curb your enthusiasm, people would find it not, not believable. It'd be too yeah. too extreme. The, the the fact of forgetting to take it off is like I, I don't think that makes any sense in the universe. Yeah, but I think it was laziness. Like I just wanted to take it <laughs> off when it was easier, and so I, <laughs> then it was too late. I just forgot. <laughs> Toby is looking at me right now with disgust. I, I, I think you should like feel shame and disgust. I think right you are now. shameful for that. I hate I hate condoms. Oh, I'm glad I don't have to use them again, I, baby. I snip, still, snip. I, I still have to. You have to wait. Oh, you have right. to wait three months. Right. It is the worst. Semen it, can live in your, I guess, at where where they make the the stoppage uh, in your uh, what is it? Your vas tubes. It can live for three up to three months. <laughs> so I could still I still have to, you know, use those. So. Yeah, and so you don't accidentally get blessed with another child, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of children, Matt, how's your little daughter Georgia doing? Um, not super good in the fact that she's pretty much uncontrollably active, and and uh, she's so mobile that I can't keep I, like. It's my fault. She's good, but I'm a I'm not a good dad because I can't keep up with her. And if I I have this thing where it's really hard for me to f- multitask, so yeah. emailing and doing business calls and certainly working on music. If I'm doing that and watching my daughter, then I I fail pretty badly at it because she can crawl to other rooms and pull herself up on furniture and stuff like that. Yesterday I was I was actually in the kitchen cooking, so I was only I was not far away at all. And uh, she I heard the sound of exact sound on a movie when you hear somebody pull a, a sword from a sheath go <laughs> swing and I, I swear that's what exactly what it sounded like and i looked Shing. i looked across the room and she's standing up by the front door uh with an eight inch carving knife holding it up in the air over her head dying laughing oh my god <laughs> that it was sitting, of the year it was uh si- it was sitting over by the front door because it belonged to somebody else and it was to, so that they would take it when they leave next time but it was put away but she pulled a tray out where it was sitting like by the thing on the front door pulled it out made the sound and she was literally laughing holding it up you know waving it around i was thinking you know she could have fallen on or anything i wanted to take a picture because it would have been incredible but i couldn't but, you know, I had to get over there as quick as I could. If I had, if I'd taken the picture, taking the time to do that, I think it would have been a bit risky. And so, she's only six months old, so I mean, yeah. you you have to go ahead and start get child. You got to childproof your house immediately, right? Well, yeah. it's, it's Toby mostly and I were just talking now. about how different guy and girl conversations are. Like you, you told us that story, and Toby and I immediately started laughing. If we were all girls, we would have done the. Oh my goodness! <laughs> no! Yeah. Oh. Gosh, are, what are you going to do next She could time? have been killed, Matt. Matt, this... It's oh, a good thing nothing good. bad happened. That what, is not good. But what did your wife say about it? Well, my wife laughed, too. Oh, okay, cool. But well, that's cool. But if she would have been in a bad mood, she would have cussed me out. So that just depends on the situation. <laughs> <laughs> that's really well, all there is uh, to it. You know, I have three kids of my own, right? Did you, did you guys know that? Yeah, you yeah. have three. Three, I, three I'll tell you about. Hey, I have uh, to tell you this, man. And uh, they're are very few kids that I love as much as yours. I really wow, I really kids. appreciate that. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, I, know, I, I know they love you too, so that's kind of cool. Um, 
so Matt, you don't have a boy yet. I don't know if you ever will. Maybe the Lord will bless you with that. But uh, Ike is, he's two and it's literally sometimes feels like it's killing us. Like, I mean, he already gets spankings and you can only, I know this sounds terrible, but you know, you, you can't spank a two-year-old too hard. I mean, he's only two years old. He only weighs like 28 pounds. So you have to be gentle, but he basically feels no pain and he is super smart and he's basically super evil too. So uh, he doesn't listen. He does terrible things. And his number one thing now to do is he loves it. As soon as he gets out of the bath, he loves to, to pee on our carpet immediately. And so uh, I, I, I was like, Ike, do not pee on the carpet. Do not pee on the carpet. And so he didn't. And uh, But he, he was walking around naked. And uh, so, but I didn't see any, him pee or anything. I was like, okay. So I kind of went about my business and then Jess started getting him dressed and I walk into the living room and I see something on the floor and uh, Ruby is at my other daughter, my oldest daughter who's four was near it. And I walk over there and there's three extremely long, I would say for me, I would think for a two-year-old, uh, you know, six, seven, eight inches turds laying on the ground, <laughs> like, kind of in a circle. And uh, I was like, Jess, oh, no. And, and Ruby picks up on all cues now. So uh, she comes over, Dad, what's wrong? And she's like, oh, no. She said, Dad, do we have to move? Because <laughs> I could taking a dump on the, on the floor. And I was like, I said, Ruby, go ask your mom. We might have to move. And that so she took classic. off running. She came back and she said, I asked mom, but also I asked God. And God said, we have to move. So <laughs> Why did she think you would have to move? What did she, where did she get that? She I, well, the house is ruined, man. There's doo doo on the floor. So I mean, that's it. The house, house is over. But I'm saying, yeah, is, there some, is there something else that you talked about maybe having to move for, or is just doo doo like a really bad thing around your house, or what? I, I think Ruby's smart, dude. Yeah, give I, her some credit. I probably have joked around before, like saying something bad. You know, I hold it over their head, like if they act bad, that they'll have to move out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no, but yeah, so it's, it's just really funny. It's really crazy. The dynamic too, of just your daughter getting older. And I mean, you're seeing it right now, but it's just, it really is wild. Just like it, it, I really appreciate how many people have told me, man, it goes so fast. Cause I feel like I'm really paying attention to every little thing, you know, <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah. you know, um, you know how you can make some killer, killer money. And Priscilla and I actually thought about doing this as having a, uh, uh, diaper business, basically the cloth diapers. Like we actually, we have four kids and this is our fourth one. We are using cloth diapers, but there are businesses that basically clean the cloth diapers for you. I think I, I want to say in Seattle, it's and pretty they just hot. Pick them I think up, yeah. in Charleston, they're starting to do it. But I mean, I think you have to invest maybe five to $10,000 into like all the machinery. Cause if you do it in bulk, I mean, it's like a, a lot of, uh, crappy diapers, but, uh, you know, you can charge people up to $250 a month, maybe even more than that. I mean, you can make a serious killing to wash their diapers. Yeah. Like pr people that have, uh, cloth diapers. Well, you learn something every day. You learn something I wanted to start day, a maybe. dog, dog poop picking up business. Yeah. You and I were really serious about doing that when you're in, in route to the move back to Charleston, but I just don't see how we would have time. We, Matt, we were thinking about, uh, every Friday, maybe just having like, eight different families and maybe we could take more on as we grew, but basically just to uh, pick up dog poop that's in the yard. And uh, I don't know how, how much do people pay for that? No, it's a well, good idea. It's especially good here in Seattle, but I have a better idea than that. And that is that we make money with this podcast. So as people could donate to this podcast, if they like it, they could donate on PayPal and subscribe to it because we give it away for free. But I would really say I'd rather work on this than pick up doo-doo. I don't know about y'all. But if you're intent on the doo-doo idea, we could quit doing the podcast and you'd have more time. Well, that's cool. On. I mean, if you're above doing that sort Matt, of thing. Just, okay. just hear me out. There's a turd in a backyard with your name on it. And if you pick up that turd, you get money. <laughs> I, I do like that. I mean, it's kind of like pizza delivery. That's the way you I like always thought of that. You're right. Let's let, let's move on from this. We're, we're just, I mean, we're, we're entrepreneurs. We want to make money. We want to do what we want to do. So, what do you think? On. What do you think about um, bands that and and you guys can veto this because this this is not in the plan. But um, what do you think about bands who do not say this is a business? They say no, this is totally about God. It's totally about uh, bringing in money for Jesus and more ministry. And but then they're making 
a killing on like Christian albums or a comedy act? I mean, what what are y'all thoughts on that? Because y'all are in the business. Most people know you guys are Christians. That is complicated, but I can tell you my opinion on a couple of things. So there's every band looks at it different and says a different thing. So the category that you're talking about there is not a specific one. You know, it's not that yeah. clear. Um, but I would say the one that I have the least taste for is the ones where people are asking for support for a band um, and they make it sound like it's like you're tithing or you're giving to God when you give to the band. And then their ministry is to just, you know, go and love people and play people music. People do that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm not, I mean, I, I'm not saying I would win a debate with those person or that their motives are, are not right. I can just say I like that the least. Um, I think that that devalues the music a lot because they're just it, there's like no i guess market pressure on the music to necessarily even be good like they don't have to have fans or anything they just have they're actually looking for people to give them money um just so they can do what would be pretty much the most popular job in the world if everybody got to choose their job traveling I mean, think, music. think of how like think of how convenient that is like what if toby and i said hey every thursday we're gonna go out to a bar we're going to have our favorite beer, right? and we're going to talk to people. Can someone support that ministry? Because we're going to be loving on people. Yeah. <laughs> and so people pay us to go to a bar. <laughs> right. What a killer job. Yeah, yeah actually, it's a pretty it. good idea. But I mean, I'm but, not saying those people... But at the same time, Matt, how up, do you but... differentiate that between a missionary? It's like, I'm going to go to another country. I need you guys to give me money so I can go spread the gospel. I think that's complicated, but I think that if you get too serious about it like i am here you know then you you it's, you'd start to call into question pastors getting paid and and everybody in the ministry so i don't know i mean i, I guess you would yeah. tie uh pastors preachers and missionaries a little bit more directly to a uh gospel preaching and at least maybe conversion or something a little more concrete than entertaining people doing what they like though that's yeah. that's a yeah. kind of a different category to me pa- pastor joey how much did jesus get paid so, and we can base it off of that. Well, you and know, the disciples go there, deep to the disciples. There was a treasury, yeah, and Judas stole from it. So uh, we know that they were supported financially. And hey, I'll tell you something crazy though: is uh, some prosperity teachers and people that are really big in the money, they will actually say um, Jesus did have a tremendous amount of money. They said that he was a very successful carpenter. And if you push them on it and say, "Come on, nah, that's not true," they'll say, "Hey." How do you think he did three years of ministry? Like, what do you think he just money grew on trees? I mean, <laughs> oh how do you gosh. think he bought food? How do you think he lived? He saved up enough money to do ministry for three whole years. And there's there's actually a lot of people that believe that. Like, he worked his tail off, made a bunch of money from being a carpenter, and then had just an enormous amount to live off of. And to feed 12 people, they'll say, yeah. I mean, he fed 12 other people, too. That's a lot of money. You should have done that, too. You should basically have worked from 20 to 29 and yeah. then used all that money and then just died. <laughs> <laughs> what if pastors did that? They work from 20 to 20, 20 to 30, and then for three years they go full-time ministry nonstop. They don't take a penny, and then they die. Yeah. Would ministry be as popular? Oh, no. Full-time ministry wouldn't be quite as popular. No, no, no. no, it wouldn't, but the argument would be that that would be super intense. You know, like those three years you would be— once you committed to that, you'd be really going for it, man. You'd be yeah. dedicated for sure. Now, I read something super interesting. I think it was in the beginning of John. And for me, it's a super huge minute, uh, mystery with like how much Jesus leaned on his divinity. And it said that he was uh, full of the Spirit, unlimited. And so there definitely was a distinction between Jesus and humanity. Obviously, we know that just the fact that he was sinless, but like, I, I always think, didn't he have an advantage? Like, doesn't he have an advantage over us? And there's a lot of people that say, no, he did not really have an advantage. He pulled it off. Like he went through his whole life without sin, but I just, I just don't think that. I, and I think that verse definitely points in favor of what I'm saying. You're saying Jesus had an advantage not to sin? Compared yeah, for to you sure. Yeah, for sure. Like, like for us to set out to not sin, I mean, it's impossible and there are some people that say Jesus kind of started on the same foundation as us, and he pulled it off. And the reason he pulled it off is he spent hours in the wilderness talking to God. And But I think this verse is saying Jesus was unlimitedly full of the well, Spirit. I agree that, but he was tempted in every way like we are, for instance. Yeah, but so. it was not possible for him to sin, and I will stand on that. There are some people that say that's 
ridiculous uh, that it was I guess not possible. I agree he did with not you. have a sinful nature. No, I agree with you that it wasn't. It's not like he could have messed up. But I think at the same time, he always experienced difficulty and temptation in the same way that we did. Yes, yes. And that's a mystery because if he really experienced it how we experience it, uh, we experience it in a way that we give into it sometimes. But I'm saying and it was kind I don't of painful. Think it was possible for it him was to difficult do so. The reason painful, being is that, painful. yes, he was fully man, but he was also fully God. And God's perfect. Yeah, I, so I'd God say mystery is kind of appropriate there. The, did you see the comment on uh, the thing? I know you did, Joey, because you were on there, where the guy said, when you said that Jesus was hanging out and it was a friend of sinners, and he said, yeah. no, he was not friends yeah. with them, and he never he never just chilled. He never enjoyed it because he had a purpose. Yeah, that makes me think of the same thing. That. Like, and he stood his ground. He said, yeah. Jesus was not a friend to sinners. <laughs> and I, 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 I seriously thought to myself, I was like, are we seriously debating this like we are debating whether jesus was a friend to sinners i mean he, it's unbelievable he basically implied that he did not ever enjoy and would, and did not like those people at all but he had a purpose for them so he had to go do it basically right. kind of thing. what really sucks i was thinking jesus made these people and he's like <laughs> i don't really like this one i could have done things a little bit differently with this one i couldn't understand where that why you would want to be biased to believe that like what does that satisfy him to believe that is it just he has that much of a distaste for sinners that he wants to justify it's like like you said it's the fun police because if if he doesn't believe that then that means that guys like us who really enjoy interacting yeah. uh, with people that aren't necessarily all Christians, oh, right. yeah. then that's okay. Are you serious? No, you can't do that, man. It, there's got to be an agenda to it. Otherwise, I mean, you're just asking for trouble. Yeah, you know? that's and he doesn't want us to like enjoy it, like to get something out of it. That's why I didn't understand. He said that Jesus never just chilled. And I was thinking, well, I mean, isn't chilling part of creation part of something he made or i mean did, did jesus ever yeah. was, he, was jesus never entertained is that what he's insinuating for sure jesus had fun on this earth i mean it wasn't as much uh, you know i think he was so uh focused that uh but but for sure he had fun i mean his the resurrected jesus what do you say to his uh disciples hey come i got some fish cooking i mean they're having a fish fry yeah. so you know there's definitely uh you know god's kingdom is full of perfectness and rest so you know jesus comes from a a family of napping, you know? Yeah. You guys like naps? No, I hate naps. I never take them. I love naps. I don't believe in them. I don't even, if I, first of all, I think naps are for little kids and babies and girls maybe, but I don't take naps. Wow. Okay. Well, I I think it sounds like a little kid thing, don't you? I mean, I I put it this way. If I, if I really, really needed sleep, I would call it a utility sleep. And I actually, I believe that in any given day, no matter how little sleep you get, you're fine. Like, there's no reason to take a nap. Like, I got up early this week to play music at church, like, 5 or 6 o'clock, and then I didn't go to bed that night until midnight. So I was tired in the afternoon, but I didn't need to take a nap. I just, you know, if I did that, like, three or four days in a row, that would, something would happen. Of course, I might need some extra sleep, but whatever happens within one 24-hour period, it's just not worth it for me to take a nap. I don't like them. So, Matt, we, uh, we've, we've had your post sitting out there now for a while as you exposed uh your masturbation uh history ouch and so that has had a great deal of time to settle into uh people's minds uh probably not welcomed but you know anyone who saw the uh post or the tweet had to read it yeah well you know i mean yeah I, I don't mind talking about that, but that that was the reason I wanted to write that post is because I have been struggling in that area recently, and it made me kind of recount uh, that you know where I used to be at and what God did, and that I'm still struggling now, and just you know made me realize some of the stuff that, that goes on in that process of yeah. uh, of being honest, of being open, and stuff like that. So I couldn't think of a more embarrassing thing to write about or talk about. Uh, I don't know if y'all remember that in middle school or high school, like if you thought somebody sure. knew that you whacked off, like what that would mean, like you'd be done forever. Let me, yeah, uh, Joel, Joel, our first bass player, Joel Green's brother, he was, <laughs> Joel Green's brother's older than us, Alex Green, and uh, he's just, just super cool, man. He would always have a different girlfriend and was always telling us like, you know, we were younger dudes, sex stories. Joel and I accidentally walked in on him having sex with his girlfriend one time and one, he was, but he was in the band, but he was cool. And, uh, he came up to me one time. He's like, "Man, I bet you." He said, "Did you whack it this morning?" Or something <laughs> like that. And I was like, "I said no." And he looked me in the eye, 
And I was like, oh, my God, I have to. I said, I can't because there's everybody around. He let me out. He's like, dude, you definitely whack it. I think it's whack it or jack off. Maybe <laughs> that's what it was. You definitely jack off. And I looked him in the eye. And I was like, don't don't break out of contact. I stared him in the eye and I went, I have never done that before. <laughs> and and I was so convincing. He was like, oh, my gosh, are you serious? He said, what? I said, I said, and I was trying to be tough. I was like, I said, I, you probably do. And he went. No, I don't. I don't have to. I get girls all the time. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> that was that, so that was like my. I mean, I was. I guess I was a freshman in high school. I was like, no, I do not. I've never done that, and I wouldn't back off of it at all. I was reading. Uh, I, for those of you that don't know, I used to be a uh, youth youth pastor, and I was reading on youthspecialties dot com. A really really good writer went on there, and he posted something, and I thought it was so. And not necessarily insightful, but I think it was very, very thought provoking and something noteworthy. He basically said, um, we are raising kids up in youth ministries to abstain from masturbating. And he said, we are basically, uh, they're doomed to fail and uh, their minds are just full of all sorts of uh, hormonal turmoil. Their bodies are just going crazy. He said, instead of telling them not to lust, and to never whack off, is it possible for us to train them to whack off without sexual thoughts and not to do it super often? So, you know, we, we talk about it not being an idol, not being an addiction. And he said, I mean, could, could we rejoice in the fact that God has given us the ability to have this pleasure and even tell them, hey, when you're doing it, just be super, super intent on not thinking bad thoughts and I know it sounds silly, but I thought it was very uh, noteworthy to talk about. And I brought it up to some other youth pastors in the area, and they they pretty much just laughed and said, "Oh, that's ridiculous. Uh, there's no way. That's just wrong." And moving on, we didn't talk about it anymore. And I'm thinking, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. You know, I I, I have two little boys. And I think I'm going to have a different approach with that. I think that I will probably say, look, son, lust is wrong. Like no matter what, if you look at a girl lustfully, it is wrong. But man, I'm not going to tell you that masturbation is just a complete sin. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to go there. Well, I, I think that was a big part of my story. So from, from my point of view on that, I thought kind of the same thing. But where I was really caught up was I thought since I didn't look at porn that I was Okay, so when I told my wife that or when I told people in community group or my church or somebody asked me, I said, nope, I'm married, uh, I have sex with my wife, and I don't look at porn, and masturbation isn't forbidden, so it's okay. But yet still, I relied heavily on that as like something to self-serve myself, to disconnect, to escape. And also, I didn't even realize it, that it was completely full of lust. I would have said, no, I don't really, you know, whatever. But when once I realized what I was doing, uh, once confronted with it, I realized that I was totally had my own spank bank going and past experiences. And I was feeding into it every day with looking at girls on the street. And then it really was that lust was there, even though I thought it wasn't because I had a checklist kind of a thing of what I thought was OK and not OK. And then I was really biased to say I was in the OK realm. You yeah. Know? So I think no matter what rules you give yourself, you'll totally, you know, I, I don't really know that it's possible to masturbate regularly or why you'd want to if there was no lust there you know like i don't i, guess, I don't know if it's i mean that, i, I, don't I guess i disagree and, and i i'm not uh i'm not convinced that that's the approach that we should take but i definitely went through a season in college where um you know i, I didn't do the whole crazy major backsliding doing my own thing in college like i i was you know kind of living for the lord the best i could and i definitely would masturbate and I would resist bad yeah. thoughts no, that's just to clear my too. head. I mean, you're around hot girls all the time dressing, you know, with hardly anything on. I mean, um, so yeah. So, but, but I'm saying that I totally agree with that, that mentality of like, there's nothing worse to me than uh youth ministry and saying that basically just trying to moral police young people out of fear. And I think that does t tons and tons of damage. So I think it's for sure, uh, bad to set them up for a failure and try to coach them and put pressure on them like you'll be disappointed god will be disappointed if something that is guaranteed to happen you know basically so well also i think we haven't i mean honestly this is an issue for males and females and especially just male masturbation i think females need to know more about it yeah. i think that they are kept in the dark it's an embarrassing yeah. thing you don't want to talk about it at all and um 
you know, it's something hidden and it, or it's made out to be a complete joke. You know, it's like super, you know, you're, oh, look at this loser. Oh, yeah. Oh, we called him masturbating. <laughs> or something like that, which, you know, which is fine to an extent. But I just don't think females know enough. So all they see it as is either potentially just disgusting, filthy. You are just terrible. And they're so disassociated with it that they don't even know how to respond healthily to a husband sometimes, I think, in, oh, in yeah. with masturbation. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think a starting point is God made our bodies to be able to experience pleasure and primarily, you know, to do that with a lifelong companion. But there's got to be a level of realizing, all right, here's the thing is, look back in the old days. I mean, what, Joseph probably was 16 or yeah. 17 years old, you know, and Mary, yeah. 13 or 14. I mean, I think our culture has uh, evolved into a culture where people get married later. And honestly, I'm not going to let my daughter get married as a 14-year-old. You know, I'm not going to say, okay, yeah, your bodies are are made. Did you know the most fertile egg a girl will ever produce is the very first menstruation? So God created our bodies to procreate at a way earlier age. And and yet we're telling our 14-year-old boy, Hey, ten years, man. No sex, and don't yeah. don't ever ever touch yourself. I'm a you know pretty I mean? big just, fan of early marriage, insane. partly for that reason. Um, What's in that? General. I'm a pretty fan of early marriage, partly for that reason. I definitely would like for Georgia to get married at a very early age. I mean, relatively yeah. early age compared to my, culture. my like nine passed. months. <laughs> well, yeah, I would say nineteen. Honestly, I mean, I'm not saying she, that she'll know a godly, awesome guy that I'll approve of at that time. So it's not a, a matter of marry anybody but if that was possible i would prefer it that's all my youth pastor had a really uh uh, interesting uh point he said that uh it's not god's best for us to do that he said it's not necessarily a sin if it's not paired with lust he said it's not god's best and he said i think that wet dreams serve as god's uh way of letting guys off the hook yeah. So he said Possibly. that, you know, if the body needs to release bad enough, it will in your sleep. I heard opposition to that because they said because the wet dreams are also uh, just reveal how messed up your mind is. And it is still lustful thoughts of some woman that you're having sex with. Like it, oh, th- Those are we, mental images that, you, your mind, beings, that your no. mind is put well, together. Like you walk past some girl and saw her in tight jeans. And then later your mind puts that picture back there and you have a mental image that you're having sex with her. So that's, huh. that's what's I totally agree with that. Could be dangerous about that. But w- here's what I wanted to say in the point of my post, or the, not the point of my post, but something that was really uh, interesting in that story was I was masturbating every single day as a married guy, and lust was in there. And s- I still sometimes would have uh, sex dreams and stuff like that. After I was totally broken and convinced that what I was doing was absolutely wrong and I was a piece of shit, and essentially, uh, as the Bible says, lusting in my heart and being adulterous to my wife, which is really, when that reality really hit me, uh, God really changed my viewpoint on that when I realized what that was and how, and, and he took away uh, a lot of that sinful desires and allowed me to not do that anymore. And I, for over two years, ha- did not masturbate uh, at all uh, outside of whatever with my wife or something along those lines. And during that time, and even mostly to this day, I started having sex dreams, and now I do have sex dreams about my wife. And I have wet dreams sometimes about her if I'm gone or if we haven't had sex. And that's because the other stuff isn't filling my head. Like, you know what I mean? That's pretty awesome. And, I, I, and that's a crazy thing, and I thank God totally for it. It was not, not ever hard. I never did any white-knuckle work. Um, yeah. He totally fixed it and cured it, and I've still messed up since then. But um, it's the most miraculous one of the most miraculous things I've ever experienced was because I just never thought that was possible or would ever happen in a million years. But why do you think Christians get all bent out of shape about this discussion that we're having right now? Similarly to Mark Driscoll's chapter when he talked about anal sex and oral sex and all that stuff. I mean, people flipped out like this should fun not police, be in a man. Christian book. It's just fun police. It's just people that yeah, like that's what that's what the problem. Oh, I mean, more than is. fun police. This is stuff that we have to talk about. Why can't people just see that? Because it this is taboo, and I think that these people think if you start talking about it, it's going to reveal in them how much they actually like those things or yeah. do those things or participate in those things. Like, I, I think that's the big thing. Like, yeah. as long as you don't talk about it, it's, you can just kind of hide it and you don't, you don't seem like a creep. But if, if it's out there in the open, then you have to talk about it. Like right now, we're having to talk about masturbating. How I mean, what if your masturbation is really crazy or something like that? What if you can, you know, there's people out there, what if they can only masturbate, uh, 
I don't, I won't get into details, yeah. but what there's certain things that they do to get off or what, what does that mean? And then if you, if you call it into question, that's like kind of what Matt's blog post is, talks about just that you, you hit it and then things changed after it was brought into the light. Right. But I would like to add something to this. Um, I have a different view than Matt does. So Matt, you said you didn't masturbate for two years. Um, outside of either activity with my wife or if I was on tour, like, I called her and told her I was going to, and and I was thinking about her or something like that. Or with yeah, her, yeah, stuff yeah. That, well, then we probably are in agreement. Yeah, I I actually do have clearance with my with my wife to masturbate. Now we never talked about it until I gave her I gave her a confession about porn use. Uh, you know, early on, and I would even confess here and there. But once um, this has been about two years ago, I gave I, I just felt convicted. Actually, from Cam and Mars Hill. He talked about giving a full confession, and I never really thought about that or thought my wife could handle it. So I gave her, and I talk a little bit about that in the book, but um, I gave her a full confession, and we talked about masturbation, and um, she was way more open to stuff like that. And, and honestly, I'll tell you kind of a joke. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You may, you may want to clarify what you just said. She was more open to stuff like that? Oh, she was more open you don't to want talking to about it okay. and discussing discussing those things and uh, what I guess what I meant by that yeah thank you for helping me clarify that I just mean I thought it would be super uncomfortable talking about my wife about me masturbating yeah and she was very adult and loving and graceful and uh after I had my vasectomy you know you you the semen can live in there and she said just do whatever you have to do to get that live semen. <laughs> <Get that. laughs> she said. She said. Just, just whack it all the time. <laughs> she said that. Yeah. Um, we got. We have our guests coming here, Nathan, today. Say, so talking about masturbate. Here's Master Nate. <laughs> <laughs> so we we have a guest that's waiting to come on here. So I hope our discussion so far hasn't scared him off, and he hasn't. Yeah, I hope hung he didn't up. hang up. He's so like, they are not going to talk to me about it. Na- Nathan, if you're on there. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, buddy. Hey, yeah, you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we hear you, man. Uh, hey, we promise no masturbating questions. So you're safe. no, I didn't you promise that. Clear. We have some. Um, oh, hey, call hey, questions. If, if there's any masturbating questions, I'll be asking them because I am Master Nate. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like seriously, man. Uh, th- this whole conversation. I mean, it, it's it was hard for me not to, you know jump in and be like oh yeah i felt that exact same way or you know whatever so well let's no, talk about it a little bit like, you go by nate or nathan uh nate nate okay nate. uh so nate you tell us uh about yourself a little bit uh i live in uh opelika alabama which is right next to auburn yep i know where that is uh, i'm uh 29 years old and uh i work at a church as a uh basically a janitor you know, cleaning shitters and whatever. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, that, he's that's a rapper cool. too, man. He does hip hop. Oh yeah. Yeah. I write hip hop and everything. Do and you I, have, you have a rap name, like an artist band kind of thing, or you just go by Nate? Uh, well, I think from now on, I'm going to go by master Nate. Yep, but, uh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no. uh, Nate, what do you think about me and Toby's, uh, we have hip hop names. His name is famous. What, oh, my name is World Famous. Uh, yeah, I was going to say Famous, oh. World Famous, and my name is Wide. They call me Worldwide. What do you think, man? Oh, nice. I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, how long have you been uh, doing hip-hop? Oh, well, honestly, it's just uh, been me writing stuff of. Uh, and um, it wasn't until the last couple of years that I've been able to hook up with some people at my church, and they've kind of helped me with the music and everything. And um, and like, like I'll just go ahead and throw this out there and for anyone who's listening. I'm a white guy, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so you know, and I live in close to Auburn, Alabama, so it's not exactly the you know Detroit area. Of hip hop, yeah, yeah. But uh, let me uh, ask you this. Let me ask you this, Nate. Um, you were telling me that you are into like Pac and Dre and uh, all that sort of thing. Which you know, I told you that I, I think old school is where it's at when when we talk about mainstream rap because I think nowadays a lot of the mainstream rap is no good. But there's a huge, huge underground scene. But let me ask you this. This is my opinion as far as Christian hip hop is concerned. 
I think you have a handful of not only talented guys, but also lyricists that it's just kind of accessible to everyone. Well, I know this probably isn't the most popular thing to say, but honestly, I just don't really like Christian rap. I yeah. mean, I mean, like Lecrae, I think Lecrae is probably the best out right. there. But, um, you know, I listen to some of the lyrics and everything, and I just feel like, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just corny. And yeah. uh, it's not, I don't know, it's not genuine, basically. I don't know. So a lot of my stuff, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I'm like, you know, dropping the F word in my Christian raps or anything like that. But, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm a little bit more honest. Well, what do you with, like to write about? Uh, j- just different things. I mean, like, uh, you know, I, I wrote one rap about the church and how uh, the church is called Cornerstone. And so I just wrote about how it, it's basically just changed my life, really. Um, how Well, basically how God has used the Cornerstone Church to yeah. change my life. Right. Uh, and how's and that so, different than Lecrae's stuff? You know, like, I, I write stuff like, uh, you, you know, I, I was sitting, uh, listening to my preacher do a sermon, and uh, he, he said that, uh, you know, if you stop caring about people, you might as well be spiritually dead. And so at the time, I was working the night shift, and I mean, I was, I'm working with uh you know, just these guys that, I don't know, I mean, that they're just talking shit about just horrible things about people, whether it's, you know, race or, or, or women or whatever. And it's just constant, constant. So I was like, well, you know what? You know, I'd, if that's all these guys are talking about, you know, well, it's kind of the same thing. They might as well be dead if, if that's how they really are. Yeah. Um, they're not loving people. So that made me write a rap about it and it's called dead men walking. Yeah. And so it's basically, I kind of like did a rap kind of about zombies and stuff like that. And, uh, I don't know. It, it's really cool. It's got a really good flow, but that, that's kind of, is, is there a place online that people can listen to your music? Do you put it out or share it anywhere? Um, well, you can, uh, they could go to on Facebook and look up Christian rap, Nate Robinson. Uh-huh. And that's uh, R-I-R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N. That's Nate Robinson, Christian rap. Hey, let me ask you this. Um, you know, definitely some of our listeners, uh, including me, I think it's a good question to ask. I listen to all kinds of rap. I mean, I listen to what people would call trashy rap, and, and you know, I just listen to a lot. Um, what would you say... Uh, for Christians that say there's just no way you should be listening to stuff that, um, you know, is negative towards women. And, you know, like for me, it listen to Tupac or whatever. If I don't ever listen to the, to Tupac, how am I ever going to, I don't know, how am I going to witness to someone that primarily listens to Tupac? Right. Yeah. yeah, could you imagine, you know, one thing that I've shared with a lot of people, could you imagine Jesus walking on this earth and someone comes up to him and says, hey, man, you know, I uh, want you to check my band out on iTunes. Man, I would love for you to hear what you think. And he's just like, could you imagine Jesus saying, are, are you guys Christian? And no. Uh, OK, do you guys cuss a lot? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just not going to listen to it. I just don't think that would ever happen. Well, how about this one? What if he said, what do you think about the new Jay-Z album? And Jesus looked at him and said, I would never listen to something evil like that and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way people tend to react well, to it. I, I think Jesus would be like, hey, I prefer Dr. Dre, but you know. <laughs> no, I mean, Jesus died for those people. So, uh, you know, I, I do not promote, uh, like, I don't, I'm not encouraging Christians. Like y- y'all, most, most of the listeners, y'all read the post on Kanye West. I'm not on this big mantra of, hey, Christians should listen to secular music. I'm just saying it, it's, it's not something that needs to be prohibited. I mean, you know yeah. what? As annoying and egotistical uh, Kanye West is and as horrible as things he says, God made him. 
And at last I checked, God even wants them to be saved. So uh, there's definitely some awareness of Kanye West in heaven from a positive slant, such as God looking down on one of his creations, being like, man, he really is good at what he does. I made him that way. Yeah. Yeah, I totally I mean, agree. I, I think of it like, you know, if well, with Kanye West, I don't listen to him just because from a musical standpoint, I just don't like his music. Right. But, uh, but I mean, the lyrics and everything, I don't care. But it's like, you know, it's like saying, hey, you're a Christian. You shouldn't go to a Dr. Dre uh, concert or whatever. Well, it's like, as a Christian, if you go to a Dr. Dre concert, you know, a lot of the people at that concert, you may be the only you may be the only Christian believer that they run into in a long time at a Dr. Dre concert. So Toby and I were at a, at a hip hop concert in Detroit, uh, at the place where they shot eight mile a couple of months ago. And I would say didn't appear to be a lot of Christians there for sure. It was a pretty raunchy environment. Remember that Toby? Who, yeah. who was How could that? you tell a lot of them were Christians? It was, it was, no, it wasn't Christians. It was the, the rapper was, uh, uh, what was his name? What is that guy? No, I said, how, how could you tell a lot of the crowd uh, was Christians? No, there was no Christians within the thousand miles from what I could tell. I'm saying it was, it was like a super wild environment. It was really fun. Okay. We played yeah. downstairs and they were playing upstairs. I can't remember the guy's name. It was, uh, I look <laughs> at, awesome. I will look the guy's name up, but it was, uh, it was just, you know, like super filthy and vulgar and everybody in there was just like, they would, you know, shout back the really vulgar lines and everything. It yeah. was, it was a very fun, fun environment. We had a good time. Yeah. The, watching the, it the rapper's <laughs> most famous song was I effed your B. Wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. Nate, um, you know, it goes without saying that we really appreciate your uh, support, um, you know, with our campaign. Uh, it's guys like you that, that help us out here at Bad Christian. And, um, you know, why why such unbelievable support for Bad Christian? Why are you invested in it? Um, why, why are you here right now with us? Uh, because, I mean, that book was about me. I mean, yeah. you know. Uh, I mean, which one? The 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 drunk, the oral sex, the depression, the <laughs> all of it, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, well, I mean, I, I'm just saying, you know, I may not. <laughs> I know I'm, what you're saying, man. I'm I may not with be struggling with having, you know, oral sex or whatever, but you know, I may be thinking about it every, right. you know, five seconds, and but no, I mean. You know, I mean, just reading all that stuff, I mean, it's just, you know, you don't get that type of um, just honesty for the yeah. most part, you know. Um, I guess it just kind of felt close to the heart just reading about a lot of the stuff that you guys wrote about. And I'm I'm just like, hey, that's me. That's that, That's some of my closest friends, you know. Do you think right. that's lacking in like in churches or pe- or community? Is that is there not anywhere else where you have that or or uh, interact with people being honest about stuff? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I know I can talk to people about this stuff, but it's just not. I don't know. I, I guess I feel like since it's not really publicized, like, hey, come talk to us about you know whatever. Um, I just kind of that there's just only one or two people that I would really like to go to and talk about this stuff with. And and for me, I mean, I'm not I'm not I don't easily become close friends with people. Yeah. So so the people that I talk about this stuff with, I mean, those guys are my close friends. You know, that kind of that kind of makes me uh feel that closeness to them. Yeah, I understand or, that. And I think, Nate, that that uh, fortunately, I thank God that you have even a couple because I think it's all too common that people don't even have a couple of those. That's so, true. Um, so I think that's a big deal and something to be thankful for. And we we say this all the time, but we really hope that this could be somewhat contagious and people could uh, 
talk more, invite more people. But we have the same problem. It's hard to be close to people. We're really close with each other because we spent so much time together and gone through a bunch of stuff together. Um, same way in marriage and in sometimes in some small groups that we can be a part of. But it's it's not it's not near common enough. And we hear that every day from people that there's nobody they can talk to or they thank us for you know being a little bit honest. And I wouldn't say we're completely honest with the most people that are honest in the world, but that is something that, that we're trying to do. So Nate, do you, do you have any uh, questions for us or anything else that you want to share about your, your rap or just, just anything? The, the floor is yours, man. Well, I, I, I do wonder like how, uh, just, just talking from like the music industry or whatever, how do you really get started in that? I mean, is it just handing out demos to anyone that'll listen or I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I, well, um, so many bands and, and people wanting to get into the music, uh, ask us that question. And the truth is, it's just different for everybody, man. Uh, ha- it's all in who, you know, usually we decided, um, that we would give up, you know, our girlfriends and our homes and our families and go move up, you know, 3000 miles across the country to Seattle but even with all that, working so hard and dedicating it, I mean, we'd practice every single day for hours, um, just over and over and over the same, you know, like 10 songs or something. And uh, But it, we played with a few local bands, and we made a connection. And through that connection, um, got connected with Tooth & Nail Records, and from there kind of went on. But I think that the best thing, something that I think that you're striving to do is create great music. So I think that's that's the hugest thing creating great writing great songs and then recording them really well having a great sounding album and then uh yeah just it, it is kind of getting it into whoever's hands you can but more than the cd it's making that personal connection because right. the cd can can stand on its own but if you don't if you have somebody in your corner like you know if you talk to if you can meet people in the industry um you know especially in 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 the rap industry i guess or or that style of music um you know get them let them know you and I know you said it, it's hard to, to meet people and be open with them, but if you if you share and tell them your story and yep. you know really reveal your story, people love a good story. Like where you came from, what what you've been through, yep. um, how you got to to make this what, this album. What are the songs about? I think all those things play into your your story, and then somebody buys into you. That, that's the big thing. Like I think Emery's had so much much success because people bought into not only our music but us as dudes. Like we're we're trying to be honest, we're trying to be real. It, and that makes us sometimes look totally stupid or, or, or jerks or mean, but we're just, we're putting ourselves out there because, you know, if, the more you hide, then that's hiding, you know, it hides the whole, the, not only you, but it hides in your music and all that stuff as well. Yeah. I want to add, I want to qualify even what Toby's saying is really is about connections, but that, when you say that, it almost sounds like that means, oh, you have to be privileged or no famous people or get favors from people. But that, that's not at all what Toby means. Uh, it really, yeah. uh, connections means actual connections you have with people that are mutual where and you get that by playing with other bands and interacting with other people you become valuable to them as people and they become valuable to you and you build each other up together as you grow and then you have people that it's not doing favors it's mutually beneficial you know like the guy the guy that we worked for that was our A&R guy tooth and nail we were friends with him and he thought we were a good band and he was in that position so we really helped him out by you know, being a good band for him to sign and find. It wasn't a favor. It's not like, you know, you need stuff like that. But it really is just personal connections and having a story and connecting with people. That's the most important thing. Like Toby said, it's really having a story because the safest music is the worst music and the safest people are the most boring people. And that's already, Nate, I can tell you why I like you. Um, I'm having a great time talking to you, but partly because your accent, but you have a personality uh, uh, and, uh, you know, the beginnings of a story so that you had to really make your music about what you know and who you are. And you got to just let that fly and, and let people like it and let people not like it and don't be afraid. And that is the that's the best the best way. To, to go about it is to just, you know, have a, don't manufacture a story and don't be fake, but be, be real, be who you are. And you already have a good start on that. You have a good personality. So I think that's a, a big part of it for, for a lot of people, at least. So that's the advice we give you on that. Um, you, let's get back to our topic a little bit and we'll even let you answer some of these questions. We have some listener questions on the masturbation topic. Is it okay if we go back there, Nate? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Okay. Let's just start with this one. Uh, John from Poughkeepsie says, I masturbate and have never mentioned it to my wife because I think she would think I am gross. Should I tell her anyway? What do you think? Well, I mean, 
like I said, I'm a single guy. And, um, you know, so it's kind of hard to answer from that perspective. But uh, I, I guess it'd just be like, I, I feel like if I get married someday, I would want to marry someone that I feel I can talk to about this stuff because, you know, it, it would just suck just trying to hide this all the time. Well, I agree. I think we probably all are going to say that in marriage needs to be open and that you definitely should tell her. And even if she thinks you're gross, per- partly you might be gross. You may or may not be gross, but if that's true, that it's true. And uh, you'd want her to know that about you and then work through that together. That's a little oversimplified of an answer, of course. But the bottom line is, yes, you should. I got two more questions that are down the same kind of topic that we didn't really get to yet. This is Michael from Seattle asked this question. I caught my wife masturbating to porn. We loosely talked about watching porn together. Is that okay? That's, that's Toby. Here you go. I get to answer this one? Yeah, Toby. This is a tough one. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, first of all, I think this is a little bit tough because are they Christians? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, I, I think looking at porn is, is pretty devastating to anybody and it just draws comparisons and it's just a fantasy that you would rather do be a part of than uh, your relationship with your wife. Um, I do wonder, like, what does it mean uh, mentally for his wife? What was she doing that for? Um, I would think that, honestly, I bet when he first saw it, it probably was like, this is awesome. Maybe for a second, maybe the the guy was like, Michael was like, hey, oh, she's watching porn like me. That's kind of crazy. Okay. But at the same time, I think guys' egos, uh, he might have felt a little intimidated and, and offended or like, why is she watching that instead of doing that with me? What kind of porn was it? Um, what are you even talking about? It's a easy answer. It is not okay. <laughs> it's not okay, but what? Uh, I, I, of course, it's not okay. But, but what I'm talking about here is we don't know all the details. Yeah, but the question is, is that okay? We loosely talk about watching porn together. Basically, he's saying, we kind of are thinking about watching porn together. Is that all right? No, it's not all right. Yeah, You're I, lusting after other people. I agree with you, but, but uh-huh. my point is, it's way deeper than just that question, too. Okay. Just, why did they loose, loosely talk about it? Why did, I mean, watching, watching porn together isn't okay. That's why I started it. I said watching porn is devastating. That's how I started my answer. Um, so I just think that overall there's way deeper issues. And to answer this question, there's way deeper issues than as why is she watching it in the first place? Why is he watching it, and what is that doing to their marriage? I appreciate the question because it's a pretty honest question. You're right. I don't know if it's coming from a Christian uh, point of view or not. You would think almost not just because it's uh, it's such a, such a wild question. But the point that it brings up is women, uh, women in porn and women in masturbating, which is uh, I think we'll see in the next 10 and 15 years that that come out more and more and more. I think it already is. Uh, in the same way that we talked about as young boys, it was shameful and we never admitted it or talked about it. I think it's really, really, really common uh, – and women to look at and watch porn, Christian women too, I'm sure of it. And I think we'll see that continue to come out. So we will deal with that. And we're glad to talk about it and hear about it and stuff like that. I think it's commonly perceived that women don't do it. It's a guy thing, but it's that's not the case. So I'd love to find uh, some more people to talk about that. And I'd love to have, some, uh, have a female's point of view on this at some point. So maybe we could have a guest uh, do that or write about something like that. Cause that's a big deal. So we have, a, and our next question feeds into that as well. It's Jill from Columbia, Missouri asked, does everybody masturbate and just not talk about it? So this is a girl asking that question. So I wonder where she's coming from on that, but does everybody masturbate Joey? Um, uh, I would say it depends on if you're talking consistently or are you talking about, have you ever, I would say probably everyone, um, unless just different circumstances, uh, handicapped or maybe an unawareness of what that is, I would say everyone has. As far as everyone, do they do it? I would say, of course not. I mean, I think there's some people that for sure uh, have the discipline. They just don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why she's asking that. Like, is she thinking, like Toby said earlier, our guys are gross. Do they all do it? And she didn't know, or is she, you know, thinking, do other women do it kind of thing like that? It's an interesting topic for sure. Um, we know one thing, Jill, and that's that not any, not many people talk about it. You got that part right. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's just unfortunate, especially in the church. I mean, the church is the place where we should be talking about these things. So, Nate, is there anything else you want to ask us or know about before we let you go? I know. I just want to say that I, I love y'all's music. I'm thankful for your music. I'm 
Uh, I love the book. Uh, I'm thankful for the book. And uh, I'm thankful for the bad Christian and what you guys are doing. I just really appreciate it. Well, we've enjoyed having you on the call. You're an entertaining fellow, and good luck with all the stuff that you're doing. Hey, while you're on the call, and uh, I didn't ask Toby and Matt if we could do this, and I don't do this every time, but I do want to just pray for uh, just all of our listeners about uh, sexual purity and that sort of thing. I'll make it really quick. Guy, we do want to lift up uh, everybody, including ourselves, and just ask you to give us uh, strength to be pure and uh, help us not to feel guilty and condemned. Lord, when we fall, because, um, Lord, our righteousness is in you, Jesus. So we thank you. Just be with everyone that's in this constant battle until we get to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Nate, you've been a great guest, man. It's probably my one of my favorite podcasts we've been able to do. So thanks so much for joining yeah, thanks, us, Thanks, buddy. We'll see you later. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. See you, man. See you. All right, that was Nate. I really, I really did enjoy Nate. I think he's a very funny guy. I think, our, I think the listeners will think he's a, a funny dude, too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. He, was, he was he was thoroughly. His accent was awesome. And then, honestly, once again, just somebody hanging out being honest and open. It's just fun. Yeah. Not, not hiding anything. Yeah, I yeah. don't see how it's so clear. Like, we had a, uh, we were on a call with somebody recently, and it was just no energy at all. It, really uncomfortable. And then we're super down, and you feel like they're not giving you anything to talk about. And it feels like almost just a waste of your time. But when you have somebody that's alive, that's talking, and, and just not afraid to put themselves out there, it's just so much more entertaining, enjoyable, like the way we're supposed to interact with people. Definitely. I, I know this will sound cheesy, but when he wrapped up by just saying that he, he thanks and appreciates us, I mean, you could really tell it came from the heart and kind of kind of made me feel good inside because I, I think there's some people that are starving for this man and his thank you was a sincere yeah. i appreciate it guys yeah i, I like that yeah i think protected. i think one of the biggest things we're doing is is just people go oh yeah there's somebody like me i don't have to feel so like alone or or like i can't talk to anybody yeah well that's the whole thing with probably all alternative music and goth or grunge or everything it's always been that to identify with people that are different and I think indie music and the music we've done is we probably have a lot of that culture and I think that's something that's missed by the mainstream Christian culture which is not a knock on mainstream Christian culture because that's most everybody but right. there's still when you talk about the fringe people or the people that feel slightly different than the main we're still talking about millions and millions of people so uh, I think that's the way we are and what, what we feel like. And that's, like I said, not a knock on the big church or mainstream culture. But, yeah, it's okay to be a little different. For sure. For sure. And we we just don't like people that are overly safe because that's just it's just boring, you know. Like I've, I'm, I hope and think that we've said things even on the episode today that people don't like and people probably turned it off, said I'm not going to listen to that or they're messed up. And I'm glad. I'm glad they think that and I because that's all the more people that do agree or do understand or – that uh that'll be even more engaged and that's all we want to do yeah and here's here's what i want to say jesus went through a hell of a lot of trouble for us to be able to be a little more relaxed and i'm not saying relaxed in sin and just ah yeah i can just sin doesn't right but we can for sure be a little more relaxed and not so careful with everything because jesus did what we couldn't do period yeah, I mean that's just as simple as that. We should be able to have these conversations. Jesus took care of everything, you know. Yeah, Nate also uh, talked about the book a lot, and I would appreciate that that he likes it. And people that don't just like our music, that they like our book too. That's been very encouraging. Um, the book is out. It's Bad Christian, Great Savior. You can get it on badchristian.com. Uh, it's been selling really well. People like it. And I again am continue to be amazed that we haven't received a lot of negative feedback about it. I haven't heard any on the book except it wasn't long enough. Like, I have not heard one person say, oh, it sucks, it's ridiculous. Who do you guys say you are, think you are? I do think, y'all feel like authors? I don't um, really still, I still no. don't consider myself an author. I nah. mean, you have a published book that's for sale on Amazon and you are an author. But I mean, We just told our stories, man. I mean, we said what we thought. Not even that well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to think of myself as... Charles Dickens. What do y'all's uh, wives think about the book? Have they read it from start to finish? No. 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 Jess has not. She has bit and pieced it, but yeah. that, that's about it. What about Priscilla? Yeah, she hasn't read it all the way through. I think she's kind of in the middle of it, but yeah, she's. I, I think she read a lot of it as we were writing it, and uh, she definitely likes it. She really likes the idea, honestly, 
and not from a uh, perspective of, ooh, yeah, I get to be right in the middle of the tension, but she just thinks it's a very good idea. I don't even know if y'all remember us talking about it, but doing uh, bad Christian wives, and basically uh, the premise would be uh, Jessica, Priscilla, and Bridget telling one story uh, that doesn't make them look too good, and then one story about us, and then we kind of go into... Um, you know, I don't know, some more thoughts, but idea. I think that would be really, really Would that really, be written really cool. or have them uh, do on the podcast, you mean? What's that? Written or on the podcast? I was thinking a book. Oh, make like, it a whole, the whole thing a book, a small book. Yeah. yeah. That's a good yeah. idea. Um, let me just say I really enjoy doing this podcast with you guys because we get to have the conversation. Like I didn't hear the story about Joey dropping a condom out of his pants until <laughs> until we were doing it on air. And I don't I don't get to do that and keep up with everybody that I'm friends with as well as this. I really enjoy doing it. And I think it's a pretty pretty uh uh you know, varied across all the stuff that we talk about. I, I think I get a lot out of it, but this is just kind of the way we talk normally and then we're just trying to make an entertaining format. So I hope everybody out there likes it too. But I love yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Um you know, Matt, it's funny because every friendship is different. And when I think of my best friends, I mean, I personally include you in that uh, list. But Toby and I, no matter what, no matter where he lives, no matter where I live, we're going to keep in touch. We're going to talk and that sort of thing. But I feel like at least before you had your kid, you and I, we're not going to really talk. But since we've been doing Bad Christian, we we have to. We're talking all the time and it's like a uh, pretty cool perk because we have to keep in touch but you and I we've just never been the type of friend I think uh when we did keep in touch it was maybe like a five minute yeah uh little conversation well, the, the, so, yeah it's the, pretty cool the funny or sad thing about that is that uh that's not you and me that's just me like that's that's I only talk to people that I'm doing stuff with I don't ever talk to people just to talk to them ever. I just, I don't like it. I'm not good at it. It makes me a bad, very bad family member and a very bad friend. I do not keep in touch with anybody unless I'm working on stuff with them, in which case I'm totally engaged. So that's my fault. Hey, I have a review that I finally was able to pull up. Okay. Uh, Wait, maybe I don't anymore. (laughs) Dang it. Where is it at? Are you doing this on your phone? What? You need another computer. You can do stuff instead of mobile. Okay, here's here's the review that I'd like to read. Uh, so I did finally find a review uh, that I haven't read yet on Amazon. It says, I can't tell you how many times I hear someone lament the current condition of the church. Hypocritical, judgmental, lacking grace, no reason for hope, etc., etc. This book is the first concise collection of how the coming generation will begin to view God, Jesus, and how we relate to them. Boom! It, it is the John to our coming Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a review. That is a review. I think I think that's about all we ha- have today. All right. right. Well, cool. I've enjoyed the podcast today. And by the way, it was all just theatrical, just for the sake of entertainment. I actually have never masturbated and have never struggled with that in any way. <laughs> all right. See you guys later. See ya. Bye. <laughs> See, see, see ya!